Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a very special guest on today, Mr. Mike Young. Mike has, um, man, he's been through it. He was a millionaire and went from millionaire to a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt almost overnight. <laughs> I'm sure it felt like overnight. Anyway, I'm going to have Mike on here in a second. Stay with us. And we're back. Here we go. I'm going to bring Mr. Mike Young on. Mike, welcome to the show. Ken, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Man, um, I, I can say to you that I can definitely relate to your story. Mm. And uh, we already have some great people on here. Cindy, Justin Myers, my brother right there. Jose is a dear friend of mine. Um, so, Share this out, you guys. Let's let's let everybody know what it's like to go from millionaire to broken air. <laughs> so, I, so, I can I can say it today without crying. <laughs> yeah, right, I, dude. I can relate, man. I had a car repoed in front of employees one day. I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> Worst day of my life. But, um, you know, let's start with where, you know, where you were. And by the way, the screen is going to be on just you. I'm still here. I haven't disappeared. Um, but uh, so let's start with where you were born and raised. Sure. Uh, I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, my, my parents actually had taken a job there uh, when I was before I was born. Uh, they moved back to Portland, Oregon when I was two. Uh, so I grew up in the the Portland, Oregon, Beaverton, Oregon area, um, and had what I would consider a very, very easy childhood. I it just nothing, nothing ever seemed to go wrong when I was a kid. It seemed to be very easy, and I don't have any major adversity. I I suffered in my first eighteen years of life for sure. Wow, that's cool, yeah. Chattanooga man. I was on my buddy, Doctor Doug McCloy. Um, he's a client of mine, a good buddy of mine. He he had me on his show last night and he is in Chattanooga. And I told him, I said, dude, my wife and I've talked about moving to Chattanooga because it's so freaking beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful city. I, I went back there for the first time when I was uh, 22 years old um, after, after growing up there or born there. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was in love with it. I thought it was a great place. It's, 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 I mean, honestly, I think it's one of the best kept secrets in America. It really yeah, we uh, we had about eight beers at the uh, at the Chattanooga Lookouts baseball game, and, and I don't remember too much of the game, but I was twenty two, so forgive me. <laughs> yeah, Brian Wagner says he loves the sign. Where's oh, right there over your is that your right? Uh, I got a couple of signs. I just got a, you know, I I I still today am am semi a workaholic. You know, I I really love what I do. I love working a lot, but my yeah. wife likes to remind me that you just have to keep doing more of what makes you happy, you know? That's, that's it. That's it. So, so, so you were born, you were born in Chattanooga and then how old were you when you guys moved to Oregon? I was about two. So, okay. um, so didn't have any really memories from Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, and Portland is, Portland's a great place, you know, um, unless yeah. they're protesting or have riots, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, it's just a, it's a nice city. There's low humidity. We don't have crazy temperatures. We don't have crazy weather. So it's a, it's a great place to grow up for sure. It's, it's beautiful. The city of roses. I used to live in Seattle and I've been to Portland. It's amazing, beautiful, beautiful city. Um, so, so you grew up out there, you, you, you graduated from high school out there, I'm assuming. Um, did you end up going to college? Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I went down the traditional path like a lot of people, you know, I was told you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you start your own company, you, 
you buy big houses and fancy cars and and you're going to be happy and uh mm. for me i did all those things and i found myself in my late 20s um with a lot of money and a lot of stuff but i was i was semi-miserable i was grinding it out 80 hours a week in a mortgage office um, with a lot of complexity, you know, 250 employees, 10 offices. Um, and I, I just wasn't, I, I don't know how to describe it best, but I, I would say I wasn't doing what I was born to do. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't in full alignment yet. So um, that was your company? That was my company. We started uh, in 2003 with, with five business partners and myself. Um, we started it from scratch and grew it in five years to to a couple hundred employees and then uh we were highly leveraged highly you know like expanded very very quickly right before the crash and so when the crash happened it it took my self-worth it took my self-esteem it took took a little bit of everything with it at that time dude a lot of people in the mortgage business um well, a lot of them went to jail, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, you know, a lot of, uh, I mean, there were a lot of guys and that, that ended their lives. Over yeah, I know, I know a couple of them that, that, yeah. uh, you know, had $30 million swings, uh, on both sides. And when it got to, when you're $30 million in debt, you feel like there's no hope sometimes, Yeah, you know, especially if you've built your identity around money and things and stuff. Uh, that's what it feels like. It feels like you lose your identity, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't relate to 30 million in debt, but I can relate to, uh, uh yeah, I, I, I get it. So, <laughs> so, so in 08, 09, um, and, and you, I mean, let's talk about like, what was the, the height of all of that, where, how, how much revenue did your company produce? What was the, the height of your success financially in that? Yeah, I think, I mean, personally, I, I got to the place where I was a, a liquid millionaire. I had a, a nice, you know, quarter million dollar or three quarter million dollar house in the hills and a couple of sports cars. And, and I had all these things, uh, but at the end of the day, I wasn't fulfilled, you know? Um, yeah. And, and for me in 2008, 2009, that just went down to next to nothing, you know, and it, I arrived in 2009 in a place where I had moved to Seattle. Uh, I thought I was going to somehow escape, you know, somehow, yeah. somehow moving was going to make it all better. Uh, and, and got away from that, uh, city and stuff, but nothing really changed. And I, I was in a, in a, small apartment with my family my kids were very young at the time a uh, couple hundred thousand dollars in debt but yet i found myself extremely happy for the first time in a long time and that was that was just this like mind mind melding experience like why why when i had all these things that i was supposed to have quote unquote was i miserable and why did i lose everything and now i'm happy and so i had it took me a while it took me a while to process it um, I went, I went through a, an experience where I was so desperate to fix the money problem that I just started consuming. I started consuming books, online courses, going to events, going to seminars. Cause I was, I was determined to figure out the online business game, Yeah. but do it in a much easier way without, without all the complexity of employees and stuff, um, at least massive employees. And I think I was delusional, you know, and, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be easy and I thought it was going to be fast. And for I me, mean, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg and, and, and Russell Brunson, they, they make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the frustrating part as you're, as you're in that infancy stage of business, Yeah, keep getting fed, you know, the, the business uh, opportunity seeking dream where, Oh, look how easy it is. It's just this five-step funnel. It's a, it's an advertisement to a league magnet, to a tripwire offer. So I kept seeing how easy and simple it should be. But I think, I think you and I both know at this, this point, simple doesn't always mean easy, uh, especially to put yourself and put your own habits and routines and, and patterns and everything else in alignment so you can get to that place of sim simplicity. It's often, yeah. um, it's often paved through the road of complexity. And, and you know, I, I feel like I, I woke on broken glass for a long, long time. 
again, I can I can totally relate. I can completely <laughs> relate to. I think most people watching. I mean, I see um, Joseph is on here. He's a business business owner down in Florida. Um, Jeff Hart, Zig Ziglar, certified trainer and coach. Love that guy. Um, you know, there's some Eric, Eric Cornelius says he loves Portland because of the food, music and weed. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> Unbelievable. We, we um, went down, I went down to Portland this weekend uh, with my family. It's like the first time because we're in the middle of all the COVID stuff and everything else. Um, it was a it was an interesting experience. It was a Sunday. Very few people. The almost every every building downtown was boarded up on the first floor. Uh, graffiti on the police station, on the courthouse. Uh, it was it was definitely a unique experience for sure. I, I, I'm yeah. My wife and I, well, my whole family, both my daughters, my mother in law, my wife's brother and his wife, we all just went down to um, Destin, Florida, for a week. In fact, that's the shirt I'm wearing, um, you know, and it was a blast, man. Florida is not aware that there was any kind of COVID issue. So yeah. I, I loved it. But um, so, so you, you, here you were, you lost everything. I mean, mm. right. And, and you um, found yourself in massive debt to mm. 200 grand's a lot of money. Mm. Um and and you, you you just decided, man, I'm I'm just going to start reading and going to seminars and and learning something probably completely new to you. Yeah, you know, I I I knew I had skills, I knew I had knowledge and talent. I I started in 2004, kind of in you know the mortgage industry is very entrepreneurial at the time, yeah. and so. 2004 was when I really started uh, going into a lot of personal development and reading a lot of books. I mean, I, I probably read a thousand books between 2004 and 2010. Wow. Um, and I, and so that process never really stopped. You break, you know, it's hard to break habits and addictions for sure. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I was, I thought I could figure it out. I was stubborn. Um, I was raised to, you know, in that kind of just traditional environment, guys, guys are not supposed to show their emotion. You're not supposed to ask for help. You're not supposed to cry. Um, right. And so that that was if I could look back and say, what was my one mistake? My one mistake was was not asking for help sooner. Um, I just sat in my office and consumed and consumed and consumed. And before I knew it, I was eight and a half years in uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I I had we launched 50 plus businesses between 2008 and 2013, let's say. Um, wow. And most of them flopped. And so somewhere in that phase, I became fascinated with the psychology of it all. Like why, why did these three businesses take off and do pretty well? And why did these 47 flop, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so then I began, as my business started working, you know, in 2014, 15, 16, I started getting even more fascinated to reverse engineer the process of why they worked. And then right. I, I think I was always born, you know, we talked about where I was born and stuff, but I think I was always hardwired to be a mentor or a coach or a guide. Yeah. Um, even in elementary school, I did that. I just kind of always wanted to help other people. Yeah. Um, and looking back, there were there were moments that I tried to do it too soon. You know, you, I really firmly believe you shouldn't coach other people unless you've already done it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and there were there were moments that I tried to help others, and I hadn't quite broken through myself yet. Um, and so those are the lessons you have to learn the hard way a lot of times. Yeah, that's true, man. I agree with you. So, so you. Um the the 50 businesses were those your businesses or you were helping other people yeah and most of them were like under an umbrella so it wasn't like we had to create a new llc every time it was really 50 business ideas and we okay. we launched all of them so we in the i think it was i felt like i was grasping at straws you know at, yeah. at 2009 and 10 it was like any idea i had a business partner at the time any idea that popped into our head we would create a logo a social media a website around it and we'd go try and sell it it could be 
uh, automated emails uh, for real estate agents. It could be sales coaching for mortgage real estate escrow people. And that was, that was kind of where it began because that's where our network was, you know? Sure. Um, and, and we had two, two companies do very well. And so what, what I was doing was taking all of my revenue almost, um, you know, I was, I was probably making 150 to $200,000 a year for a couple of years. And I was dumping most of that back into more knowledge and more courses. You know, I was, I was going to lead pages, conferences and fusion soft conferences, watching Gary V speak. And, and I think it, it felt like this bubble was being created. I, I found myself more and more knowledgeable. The business hadn't quite crossed over a certain threshold to really explode yet. And yet I was spending more and more money going to these courses and, and almost seeing more and more evidence of how simple it could be, but yet it wasn't working. And I was getting, you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, you're trying something over and over again and you just want to throw your computer through the wall sometimes. Yeah, I totally get it, man. So <clears throat> Gary V is an interesting guy to watch speak mm. for sure. He's, he's a good dude. Yeah, I saw him uh, at an Infusionsoft conference in Phoenix in like maybe 16 or 17, something like that. Yeah. Wow. Um, so so you um, did you find something that that finally hit for you? Mm. I mean, was there a, along this journey? I mean, again, if you had 50 different ideas that you launched and and a few of them took off, I mean, how how do you go from worth a million bucks or whatever um, to being significantly in debt? So mm -hmm. your income, your monthly income mm -hmm. had to have taken a massive, massive hit. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you talk about breaking through walls and, and I'm, I'm asked that question a lot. It's like, what was the one moment, you know, what was the one thing that turned everything around? And I think the reality is there was a million moments, you know, they all, yeah. they all kind of felt like they add up to the big thing. You know, right. I think if you use a fitness analogy, it's like, you don't just do sit-ups, you know, to get fit. You gotta, you have diet, you have routines, you have other, other body parts you have to work out. Yeah. Um, and, and so these, these little breakthroughs that you have to have, there's, there was so many of them, you know, I had to, I had to figure stuff out. There were times where there was a time in 2010, I had to get um, quote unquote a job. I, I got hired as a consultant back into another mortgage company that we used to own uh, that I no longer own. So I was working for them. And it was a six month period that I'm, I'm still extremely grateful to the guys that hired me. But it was also the period where I, I knew I was never going back into an office again after that. Um, wow. so you, you're always from my, from my standpoint, I was always course correcting. I was always adjusting and, you know, I've had moments where I've had to sell my car to pay my team. I've had moments where I've had to sell possessions to stay, stay afloat, keep the bills, yeah. you know, the lights on, so to speak. Um, if there was a moment that I could, that I could point to, it was the moment that I felt like I got back into alignment with my truest self. Um, and so that, that launching all those phases, I had a business partner and, and what was happening was I was deeply shameful and, and felt like the whole 2008, 2009 was my fault. Um, so this story, this repeating loop in my head was you suck. You're never enough. You, you blew it. Um, you're not supporting your family, all the things that a, a man is supposed to do. And he was a brilliant salesman. He was brilliant at, at putting deals together, putting himself out there. And I was glad to be behind the scenes support number two guy. Really, nobody knew I existed. Um, wow. I, was off, I was off all social media from 2010 to 2014. Um, wow. And I would I would describe it as close as you could get to being a hermit or a rec recluse or whatever they call it, or yeah. Ted, Ted Kaczynski without the bombs. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I was just, I was, I was behind the scenes and happy to do it. But yeah. uh, what happened for me was my brother-in-law took his own life in 2015 
And something snapped where I realized you got one life, one life to live. And that was the moment that I said, I'm going to put myself back out there because something was still missing. Being, being hiding like that, I, I still knew I needed to be the face of something. I needed to, to coach and mentor people in some way. I just didn't quite know how I was going to do it yet at that time. Well, I've been looking for a while for the guy responsible for um, the 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 housing crisis bubble burst, and I finally ran into him. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was he? Let's, you. You said you said you, you were blaming yourself, man. I mean, I, it's all your fault. <laughs> I tell you what, I was speaking at an event. Uh, this is maybe 2018, and and this is a moment that hit. This is how how messed up we can all make those stories in our head. You know that I think scientists have proven that there's anywhere from 12 to 30,000 thoughts a day that we're all having, right? Yeah. Um, and I still in 2018 believed that it was all my fault. I was at an event in Puerto Rico, um, and and I was asked how many, or or they asked the crowd how many people were affected during that time of 2008, and literally almost every hand went up. Right. And. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's other people that went through this too. That's how self-centered I was, I guess. Um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't really realize that other people were affected uh, in dramatic ways, like I was. Um, other, there were other people in the room that, when I got done speaking, they were crying, and I couldn't figure out why. Um, but they were, they were relating because they had those same feelings, like it was all their fault, and shame, and fear, and resentment, and, and all those things that come with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I, we lost a house back then, you know. I, I we went through uh, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so. I lost three, three, uh, three houses in the same year, and and yeah. um, my cars. I had the car repoed. That's how I start my book out. I started my book out with the story of the the car getting repoed, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a. I look back now. I'm grateful because all of my skills, my character were built during that time. You know, right. you, you, I don't think there's, I don't think anybody ever got strong without having adversity, you know? And I think, I think looking back to like my childhood, like you talked about is because it was so easy because it was not really that much adversity because um, my parents always took care of me and supported me and stuff. I almost wish that I'd had more adversity when I was growing up. Um, because, because those are the moments that build you, build you very, very strong. And, and now today it's, I mean, I'm laser focused and it's very, very tough to knock me off my, my game. Yeah. And I, I again, I can relate to that. I write about that in my book. I, you know, uh, the subtitle of my book is turning pain into profit. Mm. So like, you know, I, I can totally relate. I'm yep. a recovered alcoholic with 18 years sober. So, so like, I, I, I had this, oh my God, this mess prior to getting sober. And, and so, you know, I, I again, it all comes down to, and, and it sounds like, and I, I'm going to ask you when you were killing it, when you were balling, <laughs> we'll just call it balling. When you were, when you were, you know, making millions of dollars and and doing all of that, did was there ever? Were you ever accused of, or did you ever? If you look back now, do you ever think, man, there were some times of of significant um, arrogance, maybe? Like I can't 100%. be knocked off. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. You, I, I think momentum and mojo is a funny thing. You know, when you, when you've got it going good, you think that you're in control of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best books I read, it was actually recommended on a podcast by Tim Ferriss, but it's called fooled by randomness. And, and that book's all about the fact that I, I thought I was controlling the marketplace. I thought, man, I must be really good in this industry because everything keeps going well. I yeah. didn't realize I was just riding a huge wave at the time. Um, and that's how it felt. It felt like shooting fish in a barrel, you know, it yeah. just felt easy. Things were in flow, but I was extremely arrogant. Um, I didn't, I didn't treat other humans with the respect that I wish I would have. 
Um, you know, uh, I, we had, we had friends accuse my wife of, of marrying me for money, which we laugh about now because we struggled for so long. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're still together and, and we struggled for almost a decade and, and it's, it's one of those things that you look back and you're able to kind of connect all the dots. Yeah. But it's like you said, you know, with, with alcohol and with everything else, it's going through it. You're not able to connect the dots, right? You're not able to give yourself your own outside perspective on things. And it, it feels messy. It feels messy and clunky when you're going through it. That, that, that humility though, it, that, that, that comes as a result, mm. right? Like there, there's, there's this, this certain amount of humility that, that we have to, you know, in, in recovery, they say that, um, you know, if you don't have humility, there's no way you're going to stay sober. Like it's just not, yeah. not, not possible. So, and I agree with that. I agree with it a thousand percent. So you found yourself finally, it sounds like in 2018, um, after your, your speech in Puerto Rico, you found Puerto Rico, right? Wasn't it Puerto yeah. Rico? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Was at a, that was at a friend's event. Um, I yeah. was, I wasn't headlining or anything. I was just talking on stage, but yeah. Um, but you found I, humility that day. Yeah. I think, I think what I, it was before that, I, I think the moment that I, I think I always viewed asking for help as weakness or yeah. saying that you need support as weakness. And I think the true humility was, was before that a couple of years before that, when I was, I was grinding it out in my office and I knew I was close. Like I could, I, I, I had significant knowledge at this point and talents and skills. I had a design team. I had, I had all the things, uh, but it still wasn't quite working. I, I was, I knew I needed help in copywriting and marketing, advertising a little bit. Yeah. I, I was beginning to recognize that the majority of my problem was between my ears, like mindset. So I began uh, following a couple of different people. And one of them was a, uh, one of the best copywriters I, I consider in the world today. Um, not, not really well known, but highly skilled. And at the, he did a Facebook live and he said at the end of his video, he said, I'm surprised that more people don't just ask for help when they're stuck. And that's all it took. I asked for help. I reached out to him, said I could use some help. And the best thing happened to me. He said, if you come over here to my event, which I was thinking at the time, like, shit, man, I don't, I don't need another event. You know, right. I'm, I'm a couple hundred thousand dollars into events. But he said, <laughs> yeah. if you come over, come over to my event, I'll help you personally. And I, so I was like, okay, where's the event? And he sends me a link and it was 14 days away and it was 9,000 miles away over in Phuket, Thailand. And that was the best leap of faith I ever took. I just, I came home, I talked to my wife. I said, Hey, I, I think this person that I've been following for almost a year now is genuinely going to help me. Um, we have a connection, we have a vibe, you know, like everything else, but I got to fly to Thailand in 14 days. And so I still remember the look on her face. Uh, but that wow. that helped with the humility. You get to see people that are used to living off of many times less than a few dollars a day. You get to see people, uh, you know, there was, I remember this one guy, he's just selling gum, you know, he's selling gum. He has, he literally has no arms, no legs. Uh, and he was like on a skateboard basically. Um, and he's, that's, that's what he did for a living. You know, he sold gum, wow. you see these food carts and everything else. That was when I was like, number one, tremendous courage and strength to ask for help. I give myself yeah. credit for that today. But number two, it gave me perspective that the majority of the world still lives off of less than $10 a day. And I was, you know, looking back, you know, how arrogant are you to think that you have the world wrapped up in your hands where a lot of people are still worried about clean water food, you know, the basics. Yeah. Wow. Does, is this person that you went to Phuket to, to see, is it somebody we all know or it's, it's Mitch Miller. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's not highly like, he's not like, he's not into PR and, and all yeah. this stuff, but he, uh, is one of the, the best mentors I've ever had. I still work with him to this day. Wow. That's awesome. Um, at his event, I, I, 
that was when I really realized that I needed to clean up the trash inside my head. Yeah. Um, I met um, my, my personal mindset coach, Clay Moffitt at the time. And he's an NLP hypnotherapist, you know, like uh, he wouldn't say therapist, but um, NLP guy. And yeah. he said, come over to my house. And I worked with him for eight straight weeks. I got hypnotized eight weeks in a row. Um, we did a lot of mindset work to, uh, to kind of rewire the story I was telling myself. You got to connect with my buddy, Joe Soto. I don't know if you know who Joe is. I've heard the name, but I don't know him. Joe's Joe and, and Wyatt Woodsmall, who's Wyatt's a friend of mine too. He's the, he's, he's the original NLP guy. He was, he, he, well, not the original, but he was, he trained Tony Robbins in mm. NLP. He's a great, great wise man, but they have a, a thing that they do free training. It's really amazing. So, you know, that, that stuff all seemed like, so yeah, <laughs> it, it seems so woo woo to me, you know, know. it's just like, yeah, yeah, I got, but, but it, I mean, it's true. It's, it's, it's like all these quotes you see, you know, you, you think they're all BS until you get to the other side of them and you recognize yeah. the truth. Um, Amen. And that's really it. You have to, you have to be able to, as you break through these walls, yeah. as you break through these barriers, you you have to realize you're taking information and then you have to convert it into your own knowledge uh, and understanding. And then you've got to take action with it before you're ever going to gain wisdom. Yeah. And, and that, that process I've gotten comfortable with now in 2020, yeah. but I still, I still have my good days and my bad days. I still have ups and downs. I just have gotten more comfortable with dealing with the the moments. I think the one thing I do now is I allow myself to process my emotions. I I always was trying to like, man, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like things are falling apart. I feel like whatever. And those those moments still happen today. Yeah. I allow myself to feel it. I just stop what I'm doing. And then evidently, you know, eventually whether it's sleep, whether it's diet, whether it's water, whether it's exercise, whatever it is, it's always the basics. At some point your brain stops, stops that process and you get back to work. Right. Uh, and, and I think the real killers are the moments where you allow that, that stuff to keep you stuck in stagnation. Yeah. So you're, you're literally doing nothing but worrying, or you're thinking about the past or you're thinking about the future and all that stuff's doing you no good. It's how quickly, can you course correct and get back to your mission? Love that, man. I, I love that. I think people forget that. And, and I talk about this a lot. Um, if, if we were friends on Facebook, which we're not, which is weird. I, I don't think I've ever had a guest on that. I wasn't friends with on Facebook <laughs> before getting on the show. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, fix that. we'll fix that right after. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, so I, you know, I talk about that a lot. And I was talking to my buddy last night about this, the Dr. Um, Dr. Doug, that uh, I, I couldn't remember his name for a second, but I said, you know, it's about reframing what's going on. Mm. And, you know, we are all, we are all particles or parts of God, the creator. And, and we forget that we have this, this, God-given ability, every one of us to create. And it may be you're creating, you know, wooden signs and I, I can create digital art or, or whatever it is. Like, but to get back to the basics of what is it that you love to create? What, what brings you joy and start there. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And so much, oh so much of the game is how you reframe things amen, and, and how you react to things because it's a choice. And, and that was, I think one of the weirdest moments was when I sat down and, and I started having a lot of success uh, with the current business. And I sat down one day and I realized that all of my struggle and all my suffering was a choice. And because you, you're going to have obstacles and things that you have to overcome the rest of your life. We all are, but it's how you reframe those. It's how yep. you, it's how you react to those, that, 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 those are the moments that make up your life. And, and I chose to struggle and I chose to suffer. And it was because of this reframed story that 2008 was somehow all my fault. 
And somehow I needed to like, you know, beat myself over the back with a whip for 10 years. Um, but once I chose to just drop that, it literally went away overnight. It w- it just disappeared. And it, it fascinated me like, oh my gosh, that's how crazy us humans all are. We really are. And I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that we have 60,000 thoughts a day um, on average. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you follow him or not, but he is, he's amazing. And he says that, you know, what's it, it's, it's, what's, this is the craziest part, man, is if, if we're having 60,000 thoughts a day, um, 90% of those thoughts are the same exact thoughts we had yesterday. Yep. And, and 50% of them are fabricated. They're lies. We're making them up. We're talking to ourselves about the past and embellishing the shit out of it and, <laughs> and, and making it up, right? Yeah. Like, like you may have stubbed your toe one day at seven right. years old and you tell everybody, yeah, one time a dresser fell on my foot and broke everything. Like, no, it didn't. You stubbed your toe. Yeah. When I, when I first was coming back out into the world, got back onto social media in, in 14 or 15, I can't remember the exact year when I, I finally put myself back out there. I decided to tell my story it was one of the first things I did on Facebook was like, Hey, this happened. I had, I had this happen. I was born here. I, I had a mortgage company. I lost it all. And, and it happened. Yeah. My story was I was going to get a bunch of hate mail and people saying like, hey, you owe me money, you know, like all these things. Yeah. I got the exact opposite. And and it's like it's like when you're telling yourself a story and you're like, I think that so and so is pissed at me. And so you go a month and then you meet that person for coffee or whatever. And you're like, hey, man, are you upset with me? And they're like, man, I haven't even thought about you in a month. And you know <laughs> what I mean? We're, you're, we're all like these arrogant, delusional creatures. It's so uh-huh. weird. It's funny, man, but that I, is the truth. I think that's the, you know, looking back, you know, on the lessons, it's like that to me, I, I call it the four clarity pillars. It's, it's, that's the hack to getting your business to work. It's, it's almost entirely, I would say 99.9% of the time with business owners I see that are stuck. It's yeah. not the business. It's, it's what's going on in between their ears that we got to fix first. And and so it's like the four clarity pillars are get very clear on how you're wired, who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, get very clear on your ideal clients, yeah. then your your products and services, what problems do you solve in the marketplace? And then the fourth one is start understanding how human beings work. And when you do, you start reading books like, you know, The Art of Thinking Clearly, you start reading uh, Dr. Joe's book, you start reading Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, you know, Brene Brown, whatever. And you start to realize the game. The game is about how do I how do I market and advertise from one crazy human being to another in a way that convinces them or persuades them right. to take the action I want them to take, to take the action I know is in their best interest. Um, and that's really the game, you know. It's it's uh, the, the I wish I, I think if I could go back, I would have started in copywriting. Uh, all the way back in 2008, I would have, I would have started in copywriting because, because copywriting leads you immediately to human behavior. And, and that's, that's the shortcut. When you figure that part out, the business can be almost becomes easy. Yep. And that's Joe Soto is huge. I mean, he, he helped, he's, you know, he was business partners with Ty Lopez and, and help tie, I don't even know, $40 million or something crazy on, on courses. And, and, and like, and it's funny cause Joe's a coach of mine. He's a mentor of mine. And, and, and he, he sat, he sat down a couple of weeks ago with my wife and I, and, and, and like, we're going through a couple of funnels and things that we have. And he's like, no, you got, you can't have that headline. <laughs> and that's why it's not converting any, yeah. I mean, literally like that. And it's like, Oh my God, it's so important to make sure that, you know, copywriting and people yeah. just think, you know, I've built yeah. websites for 26 years, dude. And, and, and it's like, the importance of what is at the top in the fold. It's yep. so important what you have there and people put no thought into it. Well, the, the thing, the big secret that marketers and advertisers don't tell you, they, they tell you, look how simple this five-step funnel is. Yeah. They don't tell you that almost all marketing fails. 
almost all marketing fails the first time you try it. It's, yeah. a, it's a process of tweaking one word, tweaking a button color. Yeah. So it's about testing. It's about yeah. testing, market feedback, data, course corrections until it works. Yeah. And, and that's the process so many people are not willing to go through. It's, it's, I, I think about it like a game, like a Super Mario Brothers video game is sometimes you go down a path and you get trapped and you have yeah. to back up and start again. And, and that's a frustrating process, especially if your business isn't working. Uh, yeah. most, most of my problems looking back were due to lack of patience. It was, yeah. it was needing, needing to close this deal that's out of alignment because it provided enough money to pay the rent or whatever it was. Um, that lack of patience is, is, it's like, um, it's like if you could rewind and just say, I've got all the time in the world, let me take a 90 day period and do this right. You'd figure it out in 90 days, but yeah. the lack of patience for me, drug it out over eight and a half years was always trying to, to, I wouldn't say Rob Peter to pay Paul, but it was taking business that wasn't where I wanted to go just to survive. Um, and, and it's okay. It's a normal part of the process. I see it all the time. Uh, Russell Brunson talks about that in, in his, 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 um, whatever book it is. secrets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about the, you know, look, you're going to fail. I've said this for years. My, my wife was the global vice president of marketing for two different companies that do over 500 million a year. Right. And her and I met back in 2009 and, and got married in 2010. But, you know, I was like, wow, this, and she's brilliant. I mean, she can, she, she can do, she talks about marketing stuff on levels that are like so far over my head. Yeah. But then, you know, digital really started becoming the thing in 2010, 11, 12, right in there. And, and it was like, wow, the marketing game has changed. And I've said for years, the best marketers in the world are the ones who've lost the most money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the truth, man. Cause that means you took the most chances. Yeah. And I, I think, I think it's weird because there's something about the online, like when you, if you owned a local flower shop, right? You, yeah. you, you grow these flowers, you put them in a vase, you sell them. There's a very tangible aspect to business, but somehow the shift to online makes it not so tangible to people. So, so we do weird things that we wouldn't do if we owned a local brick and mortar. Right. Um, and we try and skip steps in how human relationships are formed and we try and shortcut things. We're always looking for the hack. That's just how we're wired. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, like uh, just because of cognitive dissonance, we're able to make one decision, have one thought at a time. Even the people that think they multitask, they're just they're just having lots of different decisions very quickly. Um, but it's it's one decision at a time. And that's why when I when I look at a lot of businesses and you talk about funnels, it's like they're they're presenting an argument in their funnel that is overwhelming the brain and it's forcing them to make three choices at once, which we can't do. So it's about one advertisement to one decision, one landing pay payment to one decision. And you've got to work them through the process. And when you crack that code, you, you kind of get to the other side and you're like, that's how easy it is, you know, but it takes some time to get there. It's a lot of course correcting, a lot of trial and error for sure. It is. I, and that's, that's the other thing is, um, you know, uh, cause I've had a lot of companies and people reach out and want me to build a funnel. It's going to change everything for them. If I just have the right funnel, <laughs> my business, I'll be a millionaire, you know, in, in just a couple of months. And, and a funnel isn't necessarily the answer for every business and <laughs> right. And yeah. there's, there's, there's too many people that, that keep hearing cause it's a buzzword and thank you, Russell. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's a buzzword and, and I, funny part is I don't even use click funnels. Um, but like, you know, it's a, it's become this big, big buzzword that a funnel is, is what you need and websites are dead, which I don't believe is true. And you know, all, all of these things, right. Well, and I, I think like Russell's a gangster, you know, he's very, very good at what he's, he does. Um, he is. and, and he's created that central belief system, that belief that 
websites are dead and the funnel's the answer. That's that's yeah. his. If you like, go through his perfect webinar stuff. That's his belief system. He yeah. wants you to believe that, and so people are repeating that story. Right. Um, and and what I find a lot of times is people are using one-off advertising techniques or marketing techniques, but they're yeah. not marketing. Uh, marketing is like a, a symphony orchestra. You know, you've got to get the flutes and the the cellos and all this stuff to play together the same tune. And so when I run into a lot of businesses and, and I suffered from this for a long time, is they're trying one thing here and one thing there, but it's like having everybody play their own tune. And you got to get those things all working together with one central theme. And, and I break it down for clients. Like it's a, it's a court case is what it is. I'm right. fascinated. I'm fascinated by all these like, Aaron, the the trial of Aaron Hernandez or the trial of OJ Simpson, you know, all these Netflix shows, because if you look at it, that's all they're doing is they're presenting an argument and, and their story, one side's going to make more sense to the jury. And right. it's, it's, and that's all you're doing with marketing is you're presenting an argument. And what I find a lot of times is people are trying to present six arguments at once and the brain can't process it. So we don't do anything you give them too many choices. So, so <clears throat> can't believe we've already been on here 46 minutes almost. <laughs> no, it's no, it's ridiculous. I could go, I could go all day on this stuff. I love it. <laughs> I know it's, it's awesome. So, so let, let's get, let's get back to, um, there might be people watching this live or on the replay or on the podcast listening to it that are used to just being an employee somewhere and they're not, they're not, um, building funnels. They've never thought about a funnel. They don't even know what a funnel is, which most people, even those that have built them don't know what a funnel is. Yeah. I've, I've discovered, <laughs> including myself. I mean, Joe woke me up to some things, but you know, um, for the person that might be struggling right now to pay their rent, pay their electric bill, make their car payment. Um, the, they feel like all hope is lost. Like there's, there's no, no purpose anymore for me to even be here. And I I've been there. I, I I'm sure you've been there. I know you've been there. You said you've been there. Yep. You know, you feel like you've lost all hope. What do you say to that person right now, especially with the way COVID, all the, the craziness, um, like, what do you say to them to help them get over the hump, to find their creativity, to find their drive or passion and, and get through it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about reframing, you know, my, my reframing on my why is all about those people because I remember how I felt in 2008. I remember how I felt in 2015. Um, and there, the reality is entrepreneurship and being a small business owner can be a lonely, difficult road. Um, so I have a tremendous empathy and passion for those people to, to help them. What I would say is it's not as complicated as you're likely making it. If you're clear on what you want, find somebody that's already done what you're trying to do and raise your hand and ask for help that if there is a shortcut or a hack to this game, that's it. Because when I look back, when I had to, when I needed an answer in 2008, I would go to Google and I would get presented with 10 different articles. And then it would take me a, maybe an hour or two to sift through the articles to say, this is the right article. Then it would take me another hour to try whatever that article said, or that book said, or whatever it does. When you have somebody that's already done what you're trying to do, you get instant answers. You get mentorship, you get coaching, you get advice. And that's that's the difference between eight and a half years or eight and a half minutes a lot of times. So yeah. get clear on what you want to do. Find somebody that's already done it and ask for help. And I was, I was shocked, to be honest. All I did was one Facebook comment on one post and said, I'm 10 years into this game almost 10 years into this game. I'm frustrated. I could use some help. And I, I probably in the next 60 days had about 11 people reach out to me saying, I've been where you're at. I'd, I'd be glad to help you. 
And that, that blew me away. And that's how I feel today is like when I see people like that, there's so many people behind the scenes that I've worked with for free or just helped out or provided them the insight because the, the sleepless nights are not when your business isn't working. The sleepless nights are actually when you don't even know if you're in the right zip code or the right city or, or you don't, you're trying to go to Oz and you don't even know where the yellow brick road starts. Those are the real sleepless nights. And somebody who's already done what you're trying to do will point you directly to the, to the starting place and just speeds up your speeds up the game for you a million percent. I think that, you know, uh, uh, I, I agree with you 1000%. Um, I also think that people need to be willing to invest mm. money, money, real money. I, I've had, I look, I, I've been, I, I'll be 52 years old next month and I have a ridiculous amount of sales and marketing experience um, and life experience that I, I can help a lot of people just like you. And, and, you know, I, so many people have reached out to me, Hey, I'd like to pick your brain. And, and yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. You know? And so I, I, I allowed a lot of free brain picking. I saw my buddy, Jerry Acuff, who runs a multi-million dollar um, consulting business of his own um, just hopped on. I saw he uh, in the, on my phone here. Um, and, and Jerry said to me one day and he said, how much do you charge? And I said, $450 an hour. And he said, you need to double your price. Mm. <laughs> and I said, what, what I like, you know, it just blows me. But I, I put, I ended up putting a button, a couple buttons on my website to say, pick my brain. And you when and they, me, you and me both go look at my website, I, I, I saw, I yeah. saw it, dude. I saw your pick my, but my, my pick my brain takes you to a form that you fill out and it's, and you pay me before yeah. you pick my brain. Yeah. And, and because I have experience, I can help you, but I'm not going to help you for free. And you know that when you're helping somebody for free, typically they don't value it as much. It, it typically, uh, I would say the majority of the time, unless it's the right type of person, it doesn't work. Because right. the, the pulling out your wallet and the actual transfer and exchange of your credit card, your money to exchange for the value that you're going to get back, that is literally the moment that you're betting on yourself. You're, yep. What's happening is you're making a choice subconsciously to invest in yourself because you believe it's going to work. And so if you skip that step, it typically never works because the person hasn't had to bet on themselves. And so True. The, the higher the dollar figure, the more that they're betting on themselves. You know, it's it's our 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 low end programs, you know, are all the way down to uh, twenty five hundred bucks or two hundred and fifty bucks a month. Right. Yeah. Our, our upper end coaching is thirty thousand dollars a year. Well, mm -hmm it doesn't necessarily matter because it's a concept. Um, there are people that, that that $250 a month is everything to them. And there's other people that $2,500 a month, it's not that big a deal. And so it's, it's price is largely irrelevant. You know, price is a, a symptom and, yep. and price is a, a function of how much pain is this person in how well do they, do you help them recognize that they're in that pain and how well you do you articulate your solution to them? And so the, the story I always give people is if you were a brain surgeon and came to me and said, you know, Hey, I need to fix your brain. It's $400,000. I'd be like, I, I'm fine. But if I've got a pain in my head and I know something's wrong, my, my right side of my body stopped working. And you said, if you don't fix that thing in your head in the next week, you're going to die. I'd find out a way to get 400 grand pretty darn quickly. And so one situation is like, I don't even need you. I, 400 grand is ridiculous price to charge. The other one, I'm going to figure out a way to get 400 grand in less than a week. And right. so it's, it's dependent on the pain that that person's in and, and how much the solutions required to avoid a lot of times death, you know?
And 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 you're not going to come back and go. Well, I found a a, a guy that'll do it for twenty yeah. grand. Yeah, I found yeah. a guy that's he's got a hatchet and a hacksaw and a hammer. <laughs> right, he'll do it for ten bucks. He said he said with his Dremel tool he can he can work some magic on my brain. Like you're not you know I mean you want when it comes to that you want the best. Yeah. And it's amazing that we don't, a lot of people don't look at their businesses and their lives the same way. It, it, totally. it, and and that's the reality that this is the other thing is what's the answer to my business not working? Is it a funnel? Is it a chat bot? Is it uh direct mail? Is it, is it door to door sales? The, the answer is there's a million ways to win this game. You've got to, you've got to find a way to pick the strategy that's in alignment with who you are. Yeah. You know, you see, you see people doing um, a lot of organic posting and selfies and, and posting their lunch and whatever they're doing, they're right. posting all the time, but behind the scenes, their business is failing. Um, and some people are very successful with that organic posting phase. That right. was not in alignment with me. I could not post all the time and I, it's not what I wanted. So right, right. what I found was for me was it was much easier to have an advertisement running to a lead magnet, running to an offer to help. And, yeah. and so you have to pick the strategy that's in alignment with who you are. It's never going to work. Amen. I, I totally agree, man. You, yeah. you, uh, you got it, man. You've got this, you've got this game figured out at, at least a, a portion of it. And it just took, like. took a little bit of time. <laughs> And a lot I, of pain. I, you know, I think, I think I view it as a game today. You know, it is yeah. a game. You, you, you can pick up a game and you can suffer through it or you can enjoy it. You know, you can enjoy the obstacles and I I've gotten more comfortable now. Um, I recognize that, that feeling, that heaviness you feel on your chest when things aren't working or it yeah. feels like a monkey on your back or whatever you want to call it. I realized that, Almost every time I have that feeling, there's a, a pretty big breakthrough that happens afterwards. And so I, I had it two nights ago. I was telling my wife, I don't know why, but I feel like things are falling apart right now. We we're on a walk, whatever. I, I got some sleep. I woke up the next day. Everything was fine. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like we yeah. all have that feeling. And, and a lot of times that feeling, the worse it is, the bigger the breakthrough on the other side. I, I totally agree. And you don't have to suffer. You know, the Buddhists have a saying, pain in life is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. Totally. And, you know, we, we can choose differently. And, and, and I, I, so I love what you're doing, man. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. I appreciate um, it. it. You know, my, my last question for you would be, um, right now, if somebody called you and they said, Hey man, my, um, my car was repoed last week. My, electrics being shut off tomorrow uh, i'm 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 at the end of my rope i have i've tried everything i don't know what to do w what do you say to them in this moment to help them get past that I, I first i would relate to them i would say i've been there i i understand completely how you feel um Let's, let's get very clear on what you're trying to do because you're saying it's not working. So let's, let's get clear on what you're trying to do first. So what is that? Um, and then let's, if I'm not the person, uh, because a lot of times I'm not, you know, I, um, let's, let's find somebody that is, is an expert at what you're trying to accomplish. And sometimes the, the issue, if you're at a very, very low point, sometimes the issue is mindset first or psychological or, or getting some help. Um, and so it's not always this business solution that solves everything. It's like, that's the story we all tell ourselves. If I, if my business is working, my life would be great. If I yeah. had a million bucks in the bank, my life would be great, but we're projecting this future pacing all the time. And so you never arrive instead of just kind of settling in and say, everything's fine today, I'm going to enjoy the process, enjoy the ride. So I would just say, I would just say, it's okay. It's it, your, where you're at today is a direct reflection of your previous habits, patterns, routines, and thoughts. And so we need to shift those habits, patterns, routines, and thoughts to get new results. And, and let's figure out, let's get very clear on what you're trying to do and let's go get it. Love it, dude. I love it.
so the the makeovermaster.com that's your website um i'm sure your social media is all on there and that's where people can follow you right yeah we have a ton of free resources we do a lot of blind spot reviews for businesses that are stuck and can't figure out why um i've got a free course on there so a ton of review ways that people can pick my brain for free um, and then a couple of ways that they can reach out for direct help if they want it. Love it, man. I love it. Mike Young. Thank you, man. I appreciate and you coming on. It's my pleasure. It was a great talk, man. And, uh, yeah. I'm always glad to help. So if, uh, I can ever do anything for you, just reach out. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to end the live stream. I appreciate everybody that's been on here, shared this out. A lot of people, um, have made comments. They, they love what you're talking about here today, man. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we will see you all tomorrow. Mike, thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Cheers guys.